0: Welcome to Young Crone. I hope that you have not come for answers to life's questions because I have no answers to give. Part of doing this podcast is to have a place for myself to be vulnerable and open about the struggles that I have surrounding my faith and how that impacts me. I have no answers for you, but I hope that we can journey together and try to make sense of life and faith and some of the questions that we might have. I want to start this podcast with an introduction to who I am and where I am in my faith, but I don't want to take up too much of your time, so I'll start with a brief overview, and then in future episodes, I'll continue to share my story, and we'll dive deeper into places and stories to show how I got to where I am today. My name is Hannah, and I live in Wisconsin, and yes, of course, I love cheese. I'm married to my wonderful husband and we just moved to a new apartment because we had terrible neighbors that were super loud and it was stressful for a whole month without anyone really caring. So finally we're in a better place and everything is getting back to normal. So I grew up in northern Wisconsin with my mom, dad, older sister, and younger brother. We started going to church when I was in fifth grade. One of my best friends, after a sleepover, had invited me to church. The next Sunday, they were giving out Bible books in Sunday school for memorizing the Ten Commandments. So, I convinced my parents we needed to go back so I could get those Bible books and shop in their wonderful children ministry store. I'm sure I told them how much I loved the church and couldn't wait to go back. Did I start my life of faith on a lie? it's possible. I loved church growing up. It was a community like no other that I had to support me, and I had so many questions, and they were always good about trying to answer them. Like me, for probably many people, high school was a rough time for a variety of different reasons, but there was one crucial moment for my faith journey. Being a teacher's pet, And always staying after school, I became very close to my teachers. And since it was a small school, they would often feel free to talk to each other in front of me as they would if I wasn't there. And so one time, very offhandedly, my science teacher made a comment about religion being his favorite class in college that wasn't real. I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but from that statement, I knew he wasn't a Christian. I had my suspicions before, but I didn't want to believe it. My church was a conservative church, and evolution was not considered true. Going through biology the year before was tough at times, but my faith remained steadfast. But not this time. It was just different. After hearing that, I felt like all the truth I knew no longer existed. All I can think about was, what if Christianity is wrong? What if there is a different religion? What if there's no afterlife? What if I'm putting in all of this energy and effort for something that doesn't even exist? And at the same time, I felt like a terrible Christian. How could I, on such an offhanded comment, have this smash my faith into pieces? How strong was my faith in the first place if this one comment crumbled the very foundation that I thought was solid? I ended up talking to my pastor about it. We talked about it for a while, and eventually he gave me some books to read on what's known as creation theory. I don't remember exactly when this all landed, but I remember that I finally read the books while I was in college. I was in my first semester in adjusting to life away from home, joining ROTC and figuring out what I wanted to be when I grew up. When I read the book, I discovered that there was another scientific theory about how the earth was created without evolution. What I realized is that in high school, they are only required to teach evolution, even though there are other theories about how the world came to be. Sometimes, we don't always get the full picture. At this time, I was taking an intro to theology course at my Jesuit university, which could have influenced what happened next. So as I finished the book on creation theory and came to an understanding that there were different scientific theories to how the world came to be, I prayed about it. I thought, I needed to know the answer. I thought my faith required I know exactly how God created the universe. But what I actually discovered is that there's mystery about God. There are some things that we don't know, and perhaps things we'll never know. I decided that it didn't matter to me how God created the universe. It only mattered to me that I knew God had created it. This was a breakthrough moment for questioning my faith. Coming up against this question, I thought my faith had crumbled. But what I had done was made a stronger base. At least that's what it felt like at the time. The most important part about this is that I'm a perfectionist. For me to be able to say, God, I don't know, and that's okay, was a huge step for me to take, and that's what I think allowed me to begin my process of deconstructing my faith. So I'm going to back up a little bit to tell you the story of how I came to be as a at a Jesuit university. Around middle school, I knew exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up, a nurse. I knew I wanted to help people, and I knew that nurses helped people. Pretty simple and easy, right? It also probably had something to do with the fact that my sister, who was is two years older than me, also wanted to be a nurse. I was so confident about this. I ended up getting my CNA certified nursing assistant license when I was 16. Part of this program included working in a nursing home for about a week. I hated it. Not sure I would have said that at the time, but looking back, I know that this is the truth. I most likely didn't say anything that harsh for two reasons. Number one, my parents paid for me to take this course, and I didn't want them to know they wasted their money. And this is also the reason that I continued to go deer hunting until I went to college. Number two, I wanted to be a nurse, so how could I tell people I hated working in a nursing home? If I didn't want to be a nurse, all of my plans that I made in middle school would come crashing down. So. I simply ignored it. As my sister was getting ready to apply for college, my parents started to talk to her about finances. My parents were not in a position to pay for all of our degrees, so they decided to be fair and not pay for any. They also knew that as a nurse, my sister would be making almost as much as my dad when she got out of college. As my dad was looking at different ways for my sister to pay for college, ROTC was an option that he shared with her. This really wasn't my sister's kind of thing, but I fell in love with the idea. Serving my country by taking care of soldiers, what better way to live out my Christian life? It was perfect. I would get my tuition paid for, and I'd be able to do something that I love. Fast forward to my junior year, right before summer vacation. I had two teachers that I was really close with ask me the same question within a week. And it was, what if you don't want to be a nurse? And I was terrified. What if I don't want to be a nurse? What if I don't want to be a nurse? That quickly turned into, I don't want to be a nurse. The entirety of my summer and most of my senior year was spent trying to figure out what my life would be now. I had a wide range of ideas, engineer, teacher, psychologist, occupational therapist, but the bigger question, do I still want to do ROTC? Being an officer in the military is much different than being a nurse in the military. After dragging my dad to about half a dozen colleges, and talking with different people about careers and majors they offered, I decided to still apply for the ROTC scholarship. I could always turn it down if I wanted. I applied for the Navy and the Army, and I told them my major would be engineering. In February of my senior year, I got a letter saying I had been awarded a four-year ROTC scholarship to my choice of UW-Eau Claire, UW-La Crosse, or Marquette University. As Marquette was the only one that had engineering as an option, and due to the extra scholarship Marquette was able to offer, I decided to go to Marquette University. My freshman year, I started out as an engineering student. I enjoyed most of my classes. Some of them were really challenging, and some were fun. But about a month in, I decided this was not what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. The only problem was that I was required to graduate in four years because of the scholarship I had. At the end of the semester, I knew I had to change my major. And kind of on a whim, I changed it to psychology. I wasn't sure what path I was heading down, but I did feel better. Then in my second semester, I was in my second theology class. I loved it, and the professor was amazing, and quickly became one of my favorite professors at Marquette. For this class, we had to write a paper. The professor knew that I was an ROTC and encouraged me to include that in my writing. So I ended up reading a chaplain's memoir for this paper. Reading the book, it felt like there were different aspects from careers that I had been considering all rolled up into one. Was God speaking through this book? And trying to tell me something? Hopefully, because I sure listened, I found out what it took to become a chaplain and added on theology as my second major. I graduated and was awarded an educational delay by the Army, which meant I was off to seminary to start my master's of divinity. To be a chaplain in the military, you have to be endorsed. This means that a religious group that the Army approves says you are qualified to be a chaplain. There are many different Christian denominations on the list of endorsers. The denomination that I grew up in was able to be my endorser. And at that point, there were things that I didn't quite find myself aligning with. But where I was in my life, I didn't feel like I had time to look for a different endorser. And I didn't really know if the questions I was asking were, questions or if I was just going with society. And so when I applied to seminaries, I ended up going to a very evangelical seminary. Thankfully, it is super small in a small Pennsylvania town, and it really was the best place for me to attend in the place that I was in my faith journey. I'm grateful for my seminary journey, even though at the point that I'm in right now, I wish perhaps I was in a more progressive or liberal seminary. But I'm grateful for the foundation that they've helped me to lay in my deconstruction, actually. Their focus was on Bible classes, and so throughout my almost three years there now, I have gone section by section through the Old Testament and the New Testament, and I'm grateful for this layout because it gave me the chance to learn more about the Bible and the words that are actually in the Bible and what they have to say about God, and I guess I grew up learning that Bible stood for basic instructions before leaving earth. And from these classes, I learned that that's not what it's about. It's really this love letter that God has been able to write to God's people. And I'll be forever grateful for this focus. There were some more theology-focused classes that I had taken that I knew I didn't quite align with what they believed. There's one in particular that really strikes me when I think about my deconstructing. It was a Christ in Salvation class, and we were writing a discussion post, and I said I was leaning more towards a pluralistic understanding of salvation, which simply means you don't have to profess in words that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior to be able to go to heaven. I didn't think that was entirely radical, and one of my classmates on this discussion post told me that I was going to send people to a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. So apparently he thought it was pretty radical. Other than this experience, I've really been able to learn what it means to be a Christian, And in some ways, it helps me to hang on to parts of my faith. And in other ways, it makes me just want to completely get rid of this label and never look back. But I don't think that's where I'm going to end up. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is right now I use the label of Christian, but I use it pretty loosely, and I'm pretty sure my church that I grew up wouldn't necessarily consider that I still have salvation, and sometimes that can be a really terrifying thing to think about, the church that raised me and the church that saw my journey from a child into this person pursuing ordination that they might no longer think that I'm gonna go to heaven when I die. It's just too hard to think about sometimes. I'm grateful that I'm in a different location and I don't actually attend that church anymore, but just the thought of it makes me sad and feel disconnected from such a huge part of growing up. And so in these last few minutes I just kinda of wanna leave you with where I am right now. So currently in my journey of deconstruction, um I feel like I've just taken everything down that I'm really like deep into the deconstructing And I feel like I've taken these ideas of God that were taught to me either from my conservative side or that I'm now learning in a more progressive stance that these different attributes of God, I just put them all in a box. And when I think about my faith and what I know and what I don't know, all I can picture is me sitting in this room with bare walls. I'm sitting on the floor, and there are just these cardboard boxes in different shapes all around me. And each box contains a different part of who I thought God was, who I might think God could possibly be right now, and just other ideas of God that people have shared. And maybe a few other random boxes in there. And they're just all sitting there and they don't have labels and I don't know what to do with them. And I just want to let you know that if you've been there or if you are there, that you're not alone and it can feel really terrifying, especially when this is supposed to be my whole life. I was supposed to be this great Christian woman who grew up and led people to faith in Christ. And I just don't think that's, that's part of my life anymore. And it just seems crazy to even say those words out loud, especially in my position as a minister. I'm a minister in a training at a church right now. Thankfully, it's a very progressive church, and I feel more at home there. But even in my calling to be a chaplain in the Army, I'm probably six months away from moving from a chaplain candidate to a full-fledged chaplain, and sometimes I wonder if they knew the thoughts that were in my head about not knowing who God is, if they'd even want me to be their chaplain anymore, if I'm even qualified to be a chaplain. And so I hope that sharing this with all of you will help you to feel less alone and will help me to really understand the things that I've put in these boxes and maybe at some point to choose some of these boxes that I think are true and I think are worthy to continue thinking about and believing in my life, that I can pick those boxes and bring them with me and maybe redecorate the room that I'd put God in before. Thank you for listening to Young Crone. You can find us on Instagram at Young Podcast. You can email us at crone at Jack's Mountain Self-Care is a supporter of this podcast. If you would like to learn more about them, please visit their website, jacksmountaintea.com, or Instagram, jacksmountainselfcare.co. Please reach out and let us know how this episode made you feel, or if you have any questions that you would like me to talk about in future episodes.